All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Barons of Boston web series. My name is Joe Zanka, your host, uh, COO of On Demand Storage and co-founder. Today, my guest is Brian Scanlon. Brian, how are you? What's up, Joe? How you doing? I'm doing really well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Brian Scanlon. I own a company called Posted Social. Um, we're a digital and direct marketing company. Um, we actually just merged with a direct mail business about two weeks ago. So now we offer everything from email marketing and Facebook and social media ads all the way to direct mail marketing where you can send out you know, a postcard to every, every household in the country or every business in the country. Um, our specialty is really for my team on that social media marketing side. So we run paid advertising on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter um, for either kind of two verticals, one being e-commerce companies that are trying to sell product and the other being B2B companies that are trying to generate leads. Um, and we kind of have a niche in working with, you know, long sales cycle, high ticket B2B leads. So software companies, uh, mortgage companies, um, real estate investment trusts, we, yep. we kind of run the gamut with that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the core. And then I also work with a small boutique investment team um, where we invest in consumer products and consumer packaged goods. So uh, my partner has uh, been doing this for about 37 years. He had a show on the Science Channel, kind of like a pseudo Shark Tank thing, where people would come on, they'd pitch him an idea, and he'd invest in it. It was called mm -hmm. All American Makers. Um, and now I kind of oversee all the investment opportunities for that. And we either license or outright buy a, a product and help bring it to market. Wow. That sounds awesome. Yeah, man. You've stuff. always been someone that uh, that didn't sit still ever since I've known you. I always had a, a few things going on, and uh seemed yeah. like you've been good at, at, at juggling them, too. Yeah, a lot of balls in the air. You know, you got to see, uh, you got to throw a lot against the wall. <laughs> but something sticks every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been doing uh, the posted social for a little while now. Um, and, you know, I just had a, out of curiosity for those business owners out there that are just getting started or, you know, people who want to dive into entrepreneurship. Um, you know, if you could kind of go back in time when you first got started in that, in that particular business and, um, and tell yourself, you know, here, here's, here's one piece of advice that I'd give you while you're going into a new business. What do you think that would be? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was just talking about this. Like, I think it's become kind of cool to like be on, an entrepreneur, you know, like maybe shark tank did it or whatever, but, um, it's not that cool. You know, like it's a lot of suck and there's a lot of no's and there's a lot of losses along the way. And I think if you're going to go down that route, you know, you have to be willing to bet on yourself and stick with that bet you know, and kind of live by the sword and die by the sword. Because if you do this thing on your own, then you get to make the rules, but you also got to, you know, live by those rules. And I think a lot of people get discouraged early in an entrepreneurial journey. And, uh, you know, that turns into, oh, I tried this thing for three months and then it didn't work out. Like, dude, I've been failing at businesses since, you know, 2008 and succeeding every once in a while too. And uh, it takes a lot of, you know, just betting on yourself and riding that horse. It really is hard, especially when you're just yeah. getting started. And I think that, um, you know, uh, you would probably agree with me here. Whereas if you were to start another new business from scratch, you know, let's say posted social sells for, uh, you know, a few mil and, and you, you're back to square one. If you were to start another business going into it with the knowledge and the um, experience mostly that you've had getting that off the ground, you'd probably be able to start quicker because you know what it takes at this point. Whereas part of the, I guess, the initial business cycle is finding out what 
like, you know, along the way, you know what you want to do, you know where you want to go. You have an idea of like, all right, this is like you said, make the rules and this is what it's going to take. But then once you actually get into it, like you said, it's, um, it's a, it's a rough, it's a rough climb. And, uh, and if you're yeah. prepared for it, you know, from the beginning, then you'll stick with it long enough to hopefully see it become something you want it to be. And then I think if I were to start another business right now, just from my experiences alone, knowing what not to do, um, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in a lot better shape than when I started on demand. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I think you figure out along the way is, and you only figure this out by like screwing it up and losing mm-hmm. money is the things you don't need to do, you know, and the things that you do need to focus on, but also recognizing when a business is at that inflection point of like, okay, if we, if we spend some money here on marketing, on bringing on a new team member, on whatever it might be, this is the plateau we need to get over in order to grow it. Whereas when you start a company the first time, you know, you look back on that first year and you're like, man, we spent this much money on something and like a phone system that we like, what the hell do we need that for? You know, we all got cell phones, like little things like that, where you're just like, we don't need that stuff. We can focus on this and get the sales and then start to grow the business. And I, I think that's something you only learn by, you know, looking back and going, oh crap, that was a, that was a bad move. Dude, I have a phone on my desk right now. I'm looking at it that I've probably dialed three times. Yeah. And I think we're still paying a loan on it because it was, uh, well, yeah, it was sure. an expensive system. You know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, that's one thing there. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't need that. You know, like everything operates off a cell phone now, the whole world. And like, I'm going to spend five grand on a phone tree system for three employees. Like, <laughs> so, it's so crazy. It is, but. Someone, you just pointed it out and someone, um, a mentor of mine told me, you know, the really the only way to learn an entrepreneurship is to lose money a little bit. And then you'd figure out, all right, well, I don't want to do that again. And uh, so that, that's a really good point. Now kind of moving a little bit forward, you know, obviously you're in the technology world, it seems, um, you know, whether it's with posted social or, you know, strategizing and using technology to, I guess, leverage and make the best investments into those products because you see, you know, the ability to get them in front of the consumer easily. Um, where do you see kind of technology, I guess, in both industries that you're in, whether it's consumer product or, you know, online marketing kind of moving your industry forward. And where do you think that might be, I guess, in the, in the next few years to come? Yeah. I mean, I I think that's a good question. Um, I think sales is, is, 100% 100% through technology now, you know, right. like I, I, my partner's 57 years old. He's been, you know, doing the big box retail his whole life. And like now every question and conversation we have is around, Hey, are we selling things on our e-commerce store through Facebook ads? Hey, how's our Amazon page doing, you know, and the technology aspect of leveraging these giants and their platforms to sell your product or get leads for your business. I, I don't see that ever going away. You know, and I mean, maybe there's privacy things and all this junk that's coming in now, but it's going to take a long time for us to see, oh, it doesn't work to run Facebook ads anymore. Oh, it doesn't work to be on Amazon anymore. Like you have to follow that stuff. And that's kind of what we look for is items now that we can, you know, from an investment standpoint, items that we could use the technology platforms to sell versus items that we could go, oh, we could get this in Best Buy. We could get this in Target. Like that's that stuff is kind of going away a little bit, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, leveraging the power of the internet is uh, honestly only something that we've been doing in on demand for the last, I would say two years. You're really like, when I mean leveraging, you know, we've always had a, a customer facing website that people could find, but then using the tools like you're talking about that, like, 
because we're, we're, we're more of a service. You were right. talking about how, you know, it, it relates to, um, to products, but just on all levels of business, um, the internet is a unbelievable tool. And like the, you just look at it like traditionally there's the mom and pop hardware store up the street, but now, but right. in their, their target market, their market that's going into that store and buying things is only as big as basically the town they're in and the people that use tools right but now. I mean, like you're talking about selling products on the internet, your, your target market is as big as the internet. If you, if you want right. it to be and as big as, as big as you can make it with leveraged technology. And you can find them, right? So you can find your customers and, and that's the, you know, everybody's up in arms about the data that Facebook takes from us. But from a business perspective, we can target, you know, the, the family that just moved into, you know, two miles from on-demand storage headquarters and target them with an ad that says, Hey, if you need extra space, we can come pick your stuff up, you know? And like, that's so powerful. Whereas before, like you're saying, the hardware store, it was like, all right, well, hopefully people walk in today, you know, and, and you don't have to do that anymore. It's, it's the targeting capabilities are unbelievable with the data that we can find on these social media platforms. No, it truly is. It truly is. And you bring up a lot of good points and, um, and being in your industry, obviously you see it and learn about it more and more and more, which will only help you as an entrepreneur and, and, and help, um, you know, anybody that, that eventually does business with you in the future, um, just by learning that, you know, Barrett kind of took it with our business head on to learn about technology and, um, and our ability to, you know, through SEO and through different, like you said, social platforms, just you see the growth, you know, you get people inquiring about your business and we get, we get leads from, you know, Ohio. And I don't think any of us have ever been to Ohio. You know, we just built a page started targeting students in that area. And it's like amazing to watch that, that people find you and you actually generate business from, um, from people you've never met people. You, you know, never really needed to come in contact outside of you having something that they need and them finding you. There's more and more opportunities to be a national or international business now, you know, and yeah. whereas you used to just be brick and mortar. I mean, unless you're literally a local service based, you know, you install HVAC or something, but if you're selling a product or a service, there's no reason that you can't spread it nationally through a targeted marketing campaign and, you know, offer those services to other people. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Now, obviously, um, you know, we've all been kind of dealing with what's been going on in the world this last, you know, six, seven, eight months with COVID. Um, and, and being a young entrepreneur, this is kind of the first, you know, global, um, event that happened kind of within my, my business life cycle. Um, but you know, I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, I mean, do you have any lessons that, you know, you've kind of been able to, to learn from this, take from this and that you could maybe tell anybody who's getting into business? Because obviously this probably won't be the only thing that, uh, that happens in our lifetime when it comes to a global event, kind of taking over different industries and different businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, luckily we've been, we've benefited. Um, and it's fortunate and unfortunate because a lot of people are out of business, but right. we've had a lot of companies come to us. Um, for example, we had, had a business that they distributed all the steaks and chicken and meat to the top steakhouses in New York City, right? Gallagher's, Morton, Ruth, Chris, all of them. And the guy's like, dude, I did 7 million bucks last year. He called me in, in uh, May and was like, I did 70 grand this month. Like, I got to figure something out. You know, so we took him and now we're going with a direct to consumer model like a butcher box or Piedmontese or one of those companies that you can order 400 steaks and get them shipped to your 
trees really? are home, you know? Wow. Um, so we benefited a lot from that. And then other e-commerce companies saying, hey, we got to up our game and, and really figure out how to sell more product. But I think, you know, there's a lot of good business people that ran companies well or, or restaurants well, and just, it's not their fault that, that this hit and it closed, you know, like restaurants only have a couple months of runway. And if they're closed, it doesn't matter. You could be the smartest businessman in the world and have the best stake in the world, but it, you know, you're, you're out of luck. And I think the one thing that's a big takeaway from this is you, you got to understand where you're at financially with how you're leveraged, you know, how much working capital you really have, how you really operate on a numbers basis, because if you know, if you every entrepreneur should know, hey, what is what does the money in the bank look like right now? You know, what do we owe? What are we? What are we owed? All that you should know that so you can make the right decisions from a business standpoint. And I think when this hit, a lot of people stepped back and went, "Whoa, I don't really understand my own business." You know, from a number standpoint, I can sell this stuff and I can you know market it and run it, but I don't understand how we work financially. And I think that's something that was definitely a takeaway for me is knowing. Hey, we gotta we gotta understand like we can operate for six months if we never got a new client from today for the next six months. Definitely you know, trying to set things up like that. No, you you made a lot of good points there, and I think um, the crazy thing is is that you know this happened so instantaneously, so unexpectedly, um, but it happened at a time where a lot of businesses were doing really well. It seemed you know yeah. what I mean there was the economy was was doing well prior to this happening. So I think that what ended up probably be another cause of it. And going off of what you're saying is that people were just paying attention to how they can continue to grow and how they can sustain how well they were doing at that point in time. And maybe like you said, missing some of the expenses that they've incurred during that growth. And then all of a sudden when that growth just gets shut off like a light, um, you know, they have to go back and be like, Oh man, like we're, yeah. you know, we've grown. Yeah. We've been able to grow our business by 50% you know, year over year for the past couple of years, but we've taken on, you know, our expenses have also grown by 60% during that time. So, right. But now you're left with those expenses and less clientele. So like you said, being, yeah. knowing that, um, from the beginning and knowing that honestly, through things that have nothing to do with you, it could potentially get ripped away at some point. Um, you you just got to be prepared, like you said, and you got to keep money aside and, um, and kind of do the right thing. And it took us, you know, a good two, two and a half years to really figure out like, all right, this is how our financials work. This is how our business cash flow actually happens because after, you know, before then we were, we were paying every single bill on like whatever day it came up and instead of like getting in a cycle, you know, you know, I remember you guys, we were talking about getting a capital raise for you guys like four months into starting a business, you know, and it's like <laughs> I think one thing we've been really conscious about lately through this, yep. another point is, you know, the, everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to be huge. You know, everybody wants to be a millionaire, but you have to weigh the, the cost benefit of the debt we take on to grow. You know, I might make 2% more personally to bring on 40% more debt to grow down the line. And that might not be worth it, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And I, um, I can say sitting here right now that I'm, I'm happy that, um, you know, at that point in time in our business, we chose to keep yeah. the equity, continue moving forward, kind of ground and pound it and figure it out ourselves because we needed to, you know what I mean? Right. And, 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 uh, you see in the entrepreneurial world, a lot of people nowadays, you know, with shark tank and things going on like that, like the culture of it is kind of like, let's see how much money we can raise and let's see how fast we can grow this thing. 
Yeah. Whereas in reality, I think that like whenever I see a company on Shark Tank that is that looks like me, Barrett, and Rob when we were 24 starting this thing, I'm telling myself like I would not. I personally probably wouldn't pick that one to invest in just because these guys need to learn business and learn like what it takes to actually run a company before yeah. they get money. And, and that's a lesson that I learned, um, by going after money, having it not necessarily work out. And then really just like looking at that as a positive moving forward. And now, you know, if there ever is a situation where maybe we want to take it on, at least we know a lot more about our business, our target market, where we want to be, um, than we did then. <laughs> That's right. I think, you know, we see it a lot because people submit ideas to us to invest in, right, on the product right. side. And everybody wants money. And, you know, you realize as you talk to people, like, the thing you need might not be $100,000 for 10% of my company. It's like, well, what are you going to do with it? Like, you, 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 know, you don't know how to operate your business. So we'll say, hey, you know, you're paying $16 for this cup. If you work with us, we don't have to put any money in. We can get it made for four. So there's value right there. If I gave right. you $100,000, you're still going to pay 16 bucks for that. But the value with us is something other than money. You know, and yeah, in some cases it is just money. But, yep. you know, I think people like Shark Tank is it's awesome. It, it's an unbelievable thing. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People forget that, like, that's not really how business works. You don't just walk in and go, I want $500 million for 18% of my company. And somebody goes, all right, here you go. You know, Definitely. like there's a lot more to it than that. Definitely. And I think the people that go on there just from a entrepreneurial standpoint, watching the show, um, or even just not even the, the specific show itself, but when it comes to raising, you know, outside equity in your company or taking on debt, like you said, the people that can speak and say, you know, oh, we have, we did 800,000 or 1.2 million of sales last year. We've been operating for three years. I ran two businesses prior to doing this business. Like right. those are the people that, you know, they're on their third or fourth business. They know what the cash flow cycle is and they need your money basically just to give that, amplify that. Right. Versus the people that come on and they're like, you know, oh, we have a thousand bucks of sales, which we were at the time that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we want money. It works, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I could sell four glasses of lemonade and say, uh, you know, I'm a lemonade <laughs> too. But like you know, right. but now, yeah, now you're in the position where people might be knocking on your door saying, hey, how do I get involved with you guys? You know, and that's a pretty cool place to be. Sure. Sure. And hopefully we can just keep moving forward and and, yeah. and carving that niche out now. I guess I kind of have, um, you know, one more question, basically, um, you know, I don't think us Babs and baseball guys have ever been really known for our book recommendations, um, at least when we were at school, but I've been doing a lot of reading, especially during quarantine, you know, you just run out of things to, <laughs> to, to watch on TV. So, uh, have you, you know, picked up any books recently that maybe have helped you as a business person or just, you know, in general in life? Yeah. Best, best business book recommendation. Um, I don't really read much of other stuff, but like if I'm going to read something, it's kind of about business, but the hard thing about hard things, um, is my favorite business book because it's applicable. I think there's so much, you know, noise out there of like, Oh, you have to work hard and be successful. It's like, yeah, like no shit, you know, like I know I got to work hard, but this book says, Hey, here's a scenario we faced, right? We were in a struggle. This is how we handled it. Think about how you want to handle it, you know, and they give you real life situations and results and conclusions to what happened. And to me, that's very valuable instead of theory, you know, so I think it's a really good book. You can read it in a couple of days and well, 
it took me a while, but you could probably <laughs> read it. Okay. I haven't read it, so it's going to take me a while too. Yeah, I'll I, I get the audio version all the time. You know, it's something that I'll be like, hey, I remember something like this, and like I'll I'll read a, a little bit of it and just be like, oh yeah, you know. And it, it's 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 very good. The hard thing about hard things, Ben Horowitz. Yeah, as a business owner, I think that that's one of the most important things you can do, and it's it's unbelievable how applicable sometimes books can come to your real life. You're reading it, and you're just like. You know, we we read a book. All three of us read Profit First for our yeah. for our uh, our business, and I think every one of us the next day came in. We we all kind of read it at the same time. Someone told us to read it. We were just like, all right, we should check this out. It's at a time we didn't have our our finances really ironed out, and um and we all came in. and We were like, did you guys think that like that book like was someone like watching us? Like, did they have a right. camera on our office? Because okay. this is like exactly what we do, and we got to yeah. fix it. And it it, it um. So to your point, like, yeah, it's just yeah, picking up something like that on Barrett's recommendation. So yeah, it's a, and that's another one that I think there's applicable things in there. Like, Hey, Very applicable. you know, try this versus, you know, Oh, I grew Amazon to a 77 zillion dollar company. Like we're <laughs> right. not going to do that, dude. We're not going to do it. Right. You know, how did you go from zero to 500,000 in sales? That right. You know? Right. So, yeah. There's, but there's a lot of noise out there. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, look, scan. Thanks a lot, man. This has been awesome. I think this has uh, been super informative. Uh, we talked a lot, a lot of things, and um, you know, you've always kind of been a, a mentor of mine, even before I got to Babson. So I really appreciate you coming on, listening to you, someone who's a little bit ahead of me when it comes to running businesses and being out there in the world. And um, thank you for providing providing a lot of insight into people who are looking to get started. Who I think you know most of my audience is. Thanks, man. Well, I I appreciate being on. I'm proud of what you guys are doing, and uh, it's it's this is fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up. Thank you again, Scan. Have a good one. Thanks. Have a good one.